What's up, comic book fans? Anchor Pete here, and I'm with my good friend, Mr. Brian Hair. How you doing, Brian? Doing good, Pete. Brian and I were raised in the Red Room, and we've been programmed to review Marvel movies whenever they come out. Yes. And boy, are we fortunate because one Marvel movie has finally come out after COVID, after a big, long gap. Yeah, we had like a big year uh, before we waiting for this movie. Yeah, the last one was Spider-Man... Uh, Far from home, right? Uh, yeah, well, I was more talking about like a year from when it was originally supposed to come out, but yeah, that's that's like a year and a half because that was far from home was like um, was like December, wasn't it or something? Dang man, it's been so long. And I was gonna say that like if we hadn't had these MCU shows where they show the Marvel logo in the very beginning, I think I would have been like crying and sobbing when the Marvel logo came on in the theater. <laughs> Especially uh, being in the theater. I mean, I, I watched it. I, I got premiere access from Disney, um, but you saw it in the theater. So, I mean, I imagine that I would have had the same, uh, the same you know, response. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in the theater and I saw it in my 10 year old. Well, actually, she's 11 now, my 11 year old Pepper. So, oh, what did she? I mean, okay, well, I, I, I want to hear what she thought about it at some point, but yeah, you, you want to jump right into something very, very uh, controversial potentially. Yes, let's do it. You know, a lot of these shows do reviews. They like to do their rankings at the end. I want to do a ranking right away. Like, I want to get right into it, man. So uh, I've got my ranking of the MCU films, including this one, all 24 films. You got your ranking? I do. All right. So then uh, let me pull mine up. And um, do, do you want me to go first or do you want to take the oh, ranks? Are we just reading the whole ranking? Or you just want to kind of slot in where it goes or – um, I, I do want to read the whole ranking. I don't want to like justify, oh, I picked this one for this. I just want to like that. It's this and this and this. Just to kind of show what's before Black Widow and what's after Black Widow. Go for it. Yeah, uh, oh. You go first. Got it. All right. So starting at my lowest out of the 24 movies, I got Incredible Hulk. Then I got 23, Iron Man 2. 22, Thor of the Dark World. 21, Ant-Man. This is some real gripping YouTube right here. Just a guy reading a list. <laughs> for... Uh, 21, Ant-Man. 20, Captain America, the first Avenger. 19, Iron Man 3. 18, Spider-Man Far From Home. 17, Avengers Age of Ultron. 16, Thor. 15, Doctor Strange. Uh, 14, Ant-Man and the Wasp. 15, 13, Spider-Man Homecoming. 12, Captain Marvel. 11, Iron Man. And at number 10 is where I have Black Widow. Okay. So, and then just so people know who they're dealing with, even though they've probably seen my rankings a couple of times now, nine, Captain America Civil War, eight, Captain America Winter Soldier, seven, Avengers Endgame, six, Avengers, five, Guardians of the Galaxy, four, Avengers Infinity War, three, Thor Ragnarok, two, Black Panther, one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Don't at me. I know everyone disagrees with me, but it's okay. People don't at me either, so I'm fine. So... That's my ranking. Brian, you might have noticed I switched a couple of things in there. Uh, um, yeah, I think – did you move the first Captain America lower? I did. I moved the first okay. Captain America lower. I moved Iron Man lower. Uh, I think I moved Avengers lower. And I moved Infinity War up. And I moved Thor Ragnarok up. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I, I uh, See, look, when, when we started doing these lists, I actually made myself a Google Sheet. So I got, yes. uh, I'm dating them. So like I'm actually able to look at what I previously had, and I actually didn't. Did I change anything here? I actually changed one thing, one very minor thing. Okay. 
Um, but I'll start from the bottom. I mean, I, I think I think for most people, the bottom few movies are all the same three or four movies. So right. um, yeah, it's much different here. So I have, I have at number 24, Iron Man 2. Uh, 23, Incredible Hulk. 22, Thor Dark World. 21, Doctor Strange. 20, Captain Marvel. 19, Iron Man. 18, Black Panther. 17, Thor. 16, Ant-Man. 15, Iron Man 3. 14, Guardians 1. Uh, 13, Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, 12, Captain America First Avenger. That was actually the swap right there. I swapped those two. Uh, um, I, I feel like I wasn't aware of your list. You're saying that you've had the same oh, we list. We talked about this before. We had, we had, we had like a 20 minute discussion of this uh, once. I guess I'm just so self absorbed that I didn't even like listen to your list or something. <laughs> like, because some of your your placements are blowing my mind. Yeah. You got, like, uh, yeah. No, no, no. We definitely have some some uh, some different opinions on uh, some very particular movies. Yeah. Um, like Guardians so low, really. Yeah, I, mean, I have the first Iron Man pretty low too, and most people love that movie, and I, I I like it. But I mean, my favorite Iron Man is the third one, um, and I don't know a lot of people hate that. Yeah, well, I, I like three a lot too, but damn. Um, and Guardians, I I think, I think I liked Guardians a lot, but I I guess I don't know. Like the ending just throws me off. Like like the the dance off ending just bothers me for some reason, and it just takes away it takes like a chunk out of the rating for that movie. Wow, and then Black Panther is so low too. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I, I'm actually after this movie, um, my my wife and son, we're all gonna do a, a full rewatch. So I'm 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 wondering if this ranking will change, and I'm I'll, I'll be happy to talk about that. Nice. Um, yeah. Being that we don't have another movie for like two months or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Shang Chi, right? Um, so uh, getting back to the list, uh, 12 was First Avenger, 11 is Spider-Man Far From Home, 10 is Ant-Man and the Wasp, okay. 9 is Black Widow. So we have everyone in the same spot. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty close. I think mine was 10, you had 9. Yeah, yours was 10, yeah. Um, then I have Spider-Man Homecoming at 8, okay. 7 is Captain America Civil War, 6 is Guardians 2, 5 oh. Avengers, uh, 4 Infinity War, 3 Winter Soldier, Two Thor Ragnarok and one Endgame. Okay, so, so our, my, my top list is very Avengers uh, weighted. <laughs> right, right, and and our top ten is kind of similar. You have a, we have a lot of the same movies in our top ten. Yeah, it's just slightly different order. Yeah, I, I think I think for most people, the top few and the bottom few are all the same, and it's just a big mishmash in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I find like. Doctor Strange moves around a lot in mine. It kind of keeps getting lower, and like Captain Marvel, it's kind of moved around a lot. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, Doctor Strange is one I have to revisit. Doctor Strange was actually the only Marvel movie I did not see in the theater. Well, I guess oh. this one, um, because I haven't seen it in the theater yet. Um, yeah. Or I'm not sure if I will or not. Um. So, uh, and I, I've only, I think I've only watched it once, which is a, a, a probably the only one I've seen one time as well. Oh wow. Well, okay, yeah, and, and it seems like it's been so long since it came out, too, right? Yeah, Doctor I want to say that was like 2016 or so. Yeah, man, that's almost six years ago now. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> oh, we got we got a comment, man. It's been a while since you got a comment. Boom. Right. Uh, Kazi, it looks like okay. I'm a I like Black Widow, but me and my brother agree that it should have come out after Captain Marvel, but before Endgame. One hundred percent agree. <laughs> that honestly is my biggest flaw with this movie is that I'm like, why couldn't this come out after, you know, before Infinity War, after Civil War? Like, why? 
Yes. They didn't film it yet. That's why. <laughs> right, right. That's the catch is that they didn't film it. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Az- that's uh, Adit is that guy's name. But um, yeah, if this had come out like sort of chronologically when it was supposed to c- take place, like around Civil War, this would have yeah. been perfect, man. It absolutely would have. And I, yeah. like, I, I know a lot of people were kind of like disappointed and let down at the lack of fanfare at Natasha's death in Endgame. Yeah. Uh, and I think this having this happen before that just would have made it feel better, you know? Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. And, and we should say at this point that if this is spoilers for Black Widow, and then this is spoilers for any MCU movie too. So please be aware. Um, yeah, I mean, my daughter Pepper actually didn't know that Black Widow died. And that was one of the things that I really appreciated about this movie is that you kind of could watch this movie just by itself and yeah. not have to know all the other MCU shit. Um, the only thing is, like, they reference the Avengers, like, every five minutes. They're like, oh, you're an Avenger. You're an Avenger. But, yeah. like, it's not like you need Avengers history to, like, get plot points. Yeah. No, I, and I, I think that was one of the movies. Uh, and one way I see it is a major strength, and one way I see it is a weakness. Um, yeah. And the weakness is really based on what we just said, that it came out afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but it is very, for the most part, standalone, and it's a very solid – solid movie like Oof. it's it's it the the pacing is perfect the yeah. um the the plot points are great um i mean it, even there's not even that much comic knowledge you have to have really no. to, there's there's no real story to read particularly to prepare for this movie it's more about just, it's more based on the mcu lore than it is on the comic lore i i agree a hundred percent yeah it, it makes up its own story and it takes this twist that they introduced in the beginning, and it's such a great opening. The opening yeah. is so strong. And um, I, have you ever seen the show The Americans? I, I have not, but I know what it's about. I, oh. I know it's fantastic, and I, I, I've, I've literally never heard a bad thing about it, but I have not gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the main guy in The Americans. Uh, I think his name's like Jonathan Reese or something. If you ever see him in anything, he was in Perry Mason. Uh, like that HBO show, he is like one of my favorite actors right now. That, that's a little side tangent. If you ever see him, though, you might. I think you'd like him too. But anyway, the Americans. Th- this sh- this almost seems like it took it right from the Americans. This plot point where yeah. they're essentially like a family pretending to be Americans, it, you know, uh, but they're from Russia, you know, Soviet yeah, Russia. They're, they're a sleeper cell for the Russian government planted in America. Yeah, and I guess they were sleeper cell. Uh, they were sleeper cell specifically because of the red room, and not even Russia, right? Because um, the true, Soviet true. Union had fallen, right? Because it wasn't this like nineteen ninety five, I think. Correct. Yeah, this is mid nineties. I, I don't know if they gave us an exact date, but I think timeline wise, it's mid nineties. I'm pretty sure they they do say nineteen ninety five in the very beginning, and then um, they say twenty one years later. Yeah. So ni- nineteen ninety five plus twenty one. What is that like? Two thousand seventeen, I think. Yeah, 1617, yeah. There we go, there we go. So anyway, um, in the American show, the children are unaware that their parents are Russian agents. But in this, it's clear that the children know that they are agents, even the daughter who's like you know six, right? At the time with their children, I don't think they know. You, you didn't think that Natasha knew in the beginning? Uh, I mean, I, I think that, well, I mean, they were clearly abducted in, in a manner of speaking. Yeah. Um, from from their uh, original families, but I'm not 100 percent sure that they had known anything or had gone through any kind of like serious red room training prior right. to being in America. Right, they hadn't gone through any serious training, but there was that 
sequence where they were looking through the family album and they were talking about how they faked the that pictures. You're right. So, yes, so the kids right. were aware that they were like from another country at least, you know, yeah. that they weren't from there. Uh, and, and maybe the, the younger daughter kind of didn't really understand because she was so young still. Yeah. But boy, man, that sequence like really messed me up because they were kind of comparable in age to my two daughters, you know? Yeah, that, that's an excellent point. Yeah, I can imagine that being um, kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like a big dumb oaf, like the Red Guardian or whatever his name is, uh, David Harbour. And my wife is this smart person who has to make up for my shortcomings. So really just like... <laughs> <laughs> it worked out perfectly. Wow, it's, like, it's like looking into a mirror. <laughs> it was. It was like a Russian mirror to my life. Yes. <laughs> but um, no, no, no. I, the family. I mean, that's why this movie's so good. Is that family? Yeah. And and you feel so bad for them, particularly the two daughters in the very beginning. But then when they're reunited, even though they were essentially just together for three years, you still are just like rooting for them, and you, you're worried that any one of them could die too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So what did you think about that opening credit sequence? It was a Nirvana song, right? Oh, yeah, that was it was a fantastic cover. Um, and it, I mean, I like the just it's superimposed over the general training of of the uh, Black Widow operatives. Um, I thought it was a really good cover. I keep meaning to look up who if it was by someone or it was just like the composer doing something or. Yeah, the, the sequence is so well done with the, the music in the beginning. Um, because you know it's a good choice of song and then they do this kind of imagery where they show kind of like soviet propaganda and just like what's going on with the characters and honestly that's just like the opening credit to the americans too <laughs> you know, it's like the same thing <laughs> so they borrowed pretty heavily from that and um you see that the dad or the stand-in dad uh you know david harbour alexi he he just gives them up essentially um yeah, I suppose he does. Yeah, um, I was a little fuzzy on on how that that sequence of events um, and and why it happened. But yeah, it looks like they just get taken away after the mission's over, and that's it. Yeah, he just like gives them over to the people that are going to take him into the red room, and then there's the sequence. And like I remember that Pepper was particularly startled when like the guys with the guns and the masks came in, and the girls started screaming. Yeah, you know, because that, that was kind of a scary scene. You know, like all yeah, these girls. I was confused by it because I wasn't sure if he was flat out giving them up or he wasn't sure or he, he didn't realize what they were being taken to at the time. Uh, I see. Because I mean, it does sound like that he got he gets thrown in prison right after. Right. Okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So why don't we just break down the family, man? We'll go family member by family member. So what do you think of David Harbour in general? Oh, uh, he was great. I, I think highlights of this movie for me were David Harbour and Florence Pugh. Um, Yes. So uh, David Harbour was great. He had a lot of heart. Uh, he injected a lot of comedy to the um, to the the movie, and, and I mean, he's just great in general. And, and as my son calls him, he's Hopper. Like Hopper, that's what that's what he said from your favorite show, Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I love. He's a standout on Stranger Things, and and pretty much everything he's in, he's a standout. And except just... Hellboy. Oh, well, actually, I think I watched like the first half of that, and I didn't even get through it. Yeah, that yeah, I I'd heard it. It wasn't a great movie. <laughs> yeah, but he just like when they, when you see him in the prison, he's all tatted up and he's like arm wrestling the guys. Just so funny. Um, so uh, he, wait, if I can just interject one thing. I mean, I, I know you don't really watch Stranger Things. I don't know if you care if I spoil it or not. But no, um, dude, I've seen every season. Oh, you have? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, yeah. you know, at the end of Stranger Things season four, Hopper seems to be in a Russian internment camp and. 
he had to like go around and uh, he had to go like spy on the Marvel movies and to, to figure out what he was going to look like so he could do something different so people wouldn't come up with these crazy theories oh. about him, him being the same character or something like that. Although it's impossible, no one would really do that. But like you know, the, he purposely knew, found out what he was going to be looking like in the in the Black Widow. Yeah. And then after that, he he they made a character choice to shave his head for <laughs> Stranger Things season five. <laughs> that is awesome. You see, you say that like you know, oh, it's impossible. But meanwhile, I'm sitting there like, okay, well, in this fan fiction, Eleven is Jean Grey, and that's how the X Men are going to come in because he's yeah, 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 yeah. I I'm just an idiot like that. But um, no, no, no yeah, yeah. It it's two different characters, and in this character, he's so sort of clueless, and and he's so desperate to be like the Russian Captain America. Um, yeah. I love that scene when they crash the helicopter and he's like, did, did Captain America mention me? <laughs> uh, see, no, I, I enjoyed his uh, his kind of obsession with the his own comparison, Captain America, but I was also confused by it because, I mean, like the, like the one really huge dude points out, Captain America was still frozen when he was supposedly doing these things. Yeah. And also, wasn't he in prison the whole time too? So... I was confused. It made it seem like he went to prison right after that mission was over. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, maybe that happened – maybe those missions happened before Ohio because that was 95 because he said the 80s. Okay. Maybe I'm, uh, I was didn't line it up properly. I guess I have a hard time thinking that, like, the 90s was 20, 30 years ago at this point. It's, it's kind oh, of bothering <laughs> Dude, oh, my God. Tell me about it. Yeah, no, it just, just feels so freaking old, you know? Like, I, yeah, I understand. I, I think that, like, the implication was that he went on these missions and he did kind of Captain America-type stuff yeah. before he was a sleeper agent. So I guess, I, I mean, it, it really, how could Captain America even know who he was? Like, right, right. And, I, guess and that, I guess that's the point. Like, if you would, he wanted to know if he knew who he was, really. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and, and for people that aren't crazy comic book fans like us, there's been multiple Captain Americas even after Steve Rogers went into the ice and so maybe at one point in the MCU, they might say there was another guy that was like Captain America. Who knows? You know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, let's keep going through the family, and then I want to talk about MCU shit in general. Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, do we want to give, like, a comic-y background to these characters, too, or no? Or A, a comedy background? Comic. Comic-y. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because we, we do deep dives on this channel. We yeah. explain shit. Go ahead. I so mean – Really, the only thing I want to say about this is that I, I found it interesting how the relationships uh, between these characters change between the comics and uh, the movie. In this, in the movie, they're obviously like a, a family unit, but um, that is not the case in the comics. Um, you know, Red Guardian was actually an ex-husband of Black Widow in, in the comics, so um, that that's like a weird, it's like a weird thing to me. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, I've actually read a few Black Widow comics like that are in the modern kind of timeline, and uh, I think one was written by Nick Spencer, maybe another one. I can't remember the authors, but like they were really good, you know. Yeah, there have been some good uh, Black Widow comics in the more recent years. Uh, I mean, she never really got that much of a spotlight uh, prior to these movies, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even in those comics, they don't really – I don't think the Red, the Red Guardian shows up in that. I think the Winter Soldier kind of plays a role in some of her comics too because he's kind yeah. of connected. 
But, well, yeah, I mean, the, the Red Room program was in, in the comics is sort of like a successor to the Winter Soldier or, a, you know, means to reproduce it in a way. Yeah, and that was what really got me excited in this movie, too, because they kind of reference it, right? Yeah. Like, they, essentially, they said, oh, we, we stole this information from S.H.I.E.L.D. That's what was on the, the disc, right? That yeah. they sold. Okay. Okay. So he said they sold from S.H.I.E.L.D., but they were like, oh, well, it was really Hydra at the time. And then they were explaining how like the Hydra is connected to the Winter Soldier, and so so all that information that they use to program the Black Widows is based on Bucky, right? Pretty much, yeah. That's so cool. I love that. I love that. Um, so, comic booky wise, is there anything about Melina that you know, or is that like a, an original character for this movie? Um, she is also a character, and I did not know that she was a character prior to this, but she was more of a rival. She actually uh, is, goes by a codename of Iron Maiden, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, did man. Not know she I did not know she existed prior to this movie. And um, yeah, she, she's a character that uh, was like more of a rival uh, to, to Black Widow and, and not a maternal figure. Wow. Okay, okay. So yeah, everyone seems to be a contemporary. So is there anyone that is like Black Widow's sister or mother or dad in the comics? Um, well, she in the comics she was, she was kind of like abducted or uh, orphaned or something like that. And her, I'm assuming her birth name is actually not Romanov because the, the person that uh, adopted her or raised her was some like assassiny dude with the last name of Romanov. But I can't remember his first name. Okay. Um, so yeah. Oh, what is that? Oh, sorry. My daughter, the rat got out of her room, so I'm just going to hold on to a rat while you're talking. <laughs> yeah, because, I, I, you know, I don't want it to get lost, and uh, one of my dogs might come down and eat it. So, anyway, just, yeah, let's, let's just continue the discussion. Okay. We have, we have, a, we have a guest in this episode. Yes. Um, that's, that's all I really know here about that. Um, I mean, I know that the, the the villain in this film was based off of a line of an Avengers that Loki says, actually. Um, you know, he, he mentions... Uh, the, you know the red ledger and he mentions what is the uh, i can't remember the guy's name. daughter right yeah, yeah he mentions that yes and that's wow. that's where this villain spun out of that that line there wow so, I mean, I wonder who gets credit there i mean uh i mean is it joss whedon, joss whedon? <laughs> yeah yeah interesting interesting well dude we need to talk about Drakov's daughter too uh, that's a big yes. point i want to talk about before we do though i just want to kind of round up the family so so you already mentioned rachel weiss like her comic book counterpart what about just in general, like, what do you think about her in the movie? Um, she didn't get as much screen time in the movie as the others. She came in kind of late. Um, and, yeah, I mean, at first it, it, they make it seem like she's not um, going to side with them. Yeah. Uh, because she's like, we were together for three years, 20 years ago. Like, well, why does this matter? You know? Yeah. Um, so she was rather indifferent. And, I mean, she even does – uh, kind of set an alarm off to uh, the Red Room at first before she's kind of convinced by, uh, I'm assuming it's mostly Natasha, uh, to, to kind of help them take down the Red Room. So, so I, I liked her. I, I, I liked everybody in this movie. Hell yes. Well, well okay, let me ask you this, though, because I kind of interpreted that a different way. There's a scene where she, she walks in and she says, I set off the alarm. You take that as she said she set off the alarm and then they talk about the plan versus like they – I thought maybe they came up with the plan and then you have that scene where she says, I set off the alarm. No, I, I feel that she set the alarm off initially without telling them and then she was she was moved in some manner uh, enough to, to just switch sides. 
Interesting. Okay, okay. Well, that brings up a point I wanted to address too. Because you know, actually, just just to give that one little uh, stretch further, there. Um, I mean, they're when they're showing the flashbacks later on to them planning, they they are definitely seen to be in a hurry, and they're talking like, "Oh, I only have this little bit of equipment here." So it's like they had to they had to pull it off in a very short amount of time. Okay. Uh, because it was just, you know, they did all that while Red Guardian was talking to uh, Yelena. So, I mean, yeah. it, it had to have been like that, I mean, in my head anyway. Okay, okay, good. Okay, you, you clarified that for me then. Um, I, I felt like, and this might be a little controversial, but I felt like she kind of seemed like she might be like on the spectrum somewhat. I, I thought that they kind of played her like she might have had autism or, you know, um, uh, yes. something like that, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, not to, I, I, I mean, she definitely seemed a little unconcerned about that that pig that was, <laughs> I know she, in her head, she knew, um, but she seemed very callous about it, you know, and she seemed very just matter of fact, informational, like no connections didn't matter to her. You know, it was just what she was doing was all that was mattered to her. Right. Right. I actually but, really like that about her character a lot. Yeah. But I mean, clearly she, she does care and she, cause she, she switched, switched sides. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really like that sequence because, like, one thing that I thought was it's possible that the parents might die. It's possible the Red Guardian might kind of go out in a blaze of glory or that, you know, uh, Yelena, or not Yelena, Melina might try to sacrifice herself to kind of redeem her actions. But uh, they didn't. No one dies, really, except for the bad guy. The yeah, bad I was guy. actually really surprised. I was thinking the same thing because they, uh, I mean, these these are. Uh, with the exception of Yelena, uh, I mean, there are fairly minor characters. I, I don't really see them popping up anywhere necessarily, no. unless there's a um, depending on what they do with Yelena. Uh, yeah. Moving forward, I mean, we know that she's going to be in the Hawkeye show, but we don't know what actually is happening with her beyond yeah. that. Yeah, we need to talk about that too, and I because I have some theories about that too. But anyway, um, there's one sequence with Melina that I liked a lot, which was that she's like on this. Uh, walkway that's in the red room when it's like the shield helicarrier and she's being surrounded by the soldiers and I thought that maybe she was going to like kill herself and like blow up the propulsion system by killing herself Yeah. Um, but then she just kind of just blew it up and ziplined like Batman out of there uh, <laughs> but I, I really like that sequence the music was really good and they kind of surrounded her you know so I just the, the movie had a lot of really good set pieces like the the, the, the fighting in this was like winter soldier level fighting absolutely and in some ways it almost kind of superseded it there, there were some moves and stuff that they did in this where i was like oh that is awesome <laughs> like sometimes yeah. they would go ahead okay. they would like flip like sometimes they would flip their bodies against things and i just feel like I've, i haven't seen that in a martial arts type situation in a movie yet yeah, I was going to say that there were a lot of very quick movements and things like that. And I, I do feel that I was able to – you can kind of see where it's CG because um, it maybe moved a little too fast and unnaturally. Yeah. But um, ultimately it worked, and I, I was really happy with the, the fight sequences in the movie. Well, I had a question too, right? Like, Because speaking of these fight sequences, um, do they ever address how she's able to do all this shit and not just be a bloody bag of pulp? Well, um, the, the comics, the original um, uh, Red Room, Black Widow program, whatever you want to call it, uh, it was actually like a more of a derivative of the Super Soldier Serum. So they were they were giving some kind of like uh, slow aging, healing abilities sort of thing to keep them younger and and you know more effective over a longer period of time. 
that was never really mentioned in these movies. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you definitely have to take into consideration that she is a human. They've never said she has any kind of uh, enhanced abilities uh, other than specialized training. Yeah, because um, there was this one line, and unfortunately, I was like talking to Pepper while she was like saying it, but like Yelena says something like, Oh, fighting a space god, but all you needed was like an ibuprofen or something like that afterwards. And uh, well, yeah, no, this she was referencing Thor and saying, Oh, well, he doesn't need an, uh, an ibuprofen to after fighting him. Okay, okay, they, they, they were referencing that. She she was human and okay, you know. yeah. Because I mean, think about some, of this, especially like that one part where they're in a car and it like flips over and goes down into the subway system. I was like, come on, you have yeah. to say something to where they're like more than and just human. one cut on Elena's arm. That's it. Yeah, it's too much, man. It's too much. Um, but okay, okay. So we we did the father and the mother. Now let's talk about. Oh, man, the person that's the star of our thumbnail for this episode, Yelena. I mean, I really feel like this movie is just like, here's the new Black Widow. Yep. Like, enjoy her. <laughs> and I think we will. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. I mean, not to knock Scarlett Johansson. I think that she's good. I think that she does a great job with what she's given in these movies. But Black Widow is not the most interesting character in pretty much every movie that she's in. And except for this one, I think she's very interesting. But her yep. sister, I'm like, I'm on board. Give me more of that. You yep. know? Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, this is obviously the um, – I mean, it's, her, it's Black Widow's movie. So this is the best performance from Scarlett Johansson in any of the movies she's been in yeah. uh, by far. But, uh, you know, y Yelena and Florence Pugh, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. And I, I'm, I, I'm, like, okay with losing one to gain the other. I mean yep. – one of the fears I have about the MCU is all the original characters going away and yeah. you know they're being replaced with lesser versions. Um, I mean, and you could argue very easily that Yelena is a lesser version of Natasha in the comics. Yes. Um, and but this is one of those ones that I'm like, oh no, this is exciting. This is this is cool. Like, yes. So speaking of the comics, like you just said, Yelena in the comics has also been Black Widow in the comics, and she's been like a blonde Black Widow, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and so has she been kind of more villainous, though, in the comics? Yeah, she was also an antagonist um, to Natasha, but she kind of sees the error of her ways and more tries to emulate her rather than uh, battle her uh, eventually. So very similar to the, the, the relationship with um, uh, Iron Maiden Melina, uh, Melina. but, but it, it evolves differently along the way. Okay. Okay. So then I think at this point, um, you know, because I want to talk about her and speculation, but let's say that for the end, I really want to talk about Taskmaster. Yes, let's get into okay. that. Okay, okay. So um, I saw a YouTube video today where someone was talking about like Taskmaster is like the worst villain in the MCU. And I almost like shit myself. I was like, okay, really? Uh, I, I personally, I actually really liked Taskmaster a lot. Um, I like that setup, and my favorite part was that I was convinced that Rachel Weiss was going to be Taskmaster. Like yeah, I was. I was convinced that it was a female in the armor. I was absolutely convinced, and but, and I, I would never have guessed who it was that it was Antonia Drake Drakov 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 uh, Antonia Drakov uh, prior to this movie because the character 
existed as a line in a, in a single line in a movie prior to this. Yeah. So I, I was thinking it was going to be Rachel Weiss the entire time, but giving the focus they gave on that name in the beginning of this movie and how, how it, it's impacted Natasha's, you know, career and uh, as an Avenger and defecting and all that. Uh, I mean, it was very obvious to me that was going to be who it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like um, I, I was thinking it was Rachel Weiss, especially because in the beginning, Rachel Weiss gets shot and then they take her away. I was like, oh, okay, she's going to be Taskmaster later. But then, like, when they talk about the daughter so much and they show that scene, I also wanted to bring up that scene where she, she gets blown up, where yeah. Antonia gets blown up. This this movie borrows heavily, heavily from, like, espionage action movies. There's a ton of born shit in this movie, especially with the car chase. Then that scene where she gets blown up is, like, straight out of Munich. Have you ever seen Munich? I have not. Okay. okay. There's a, se a sequence in Munich where they, they are going to assassinate a guy. He, he even looks like Drakoff. And what happens is um, his daughter ends up being in his office, which is in a building, just like the building in Budapest. And they call, and they see that she's there, so they call off the bombing. And then when she leaves, they blow him up. And it's like, it was, it was like almost like shot for shot, like that sequence in Munich. Yeah. So I was like, whoa. What? I said, I said, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't think they were hiding that they were like, hey, we're influenced by Bourne. We're influenced by, like, uh, Munich. And I'm trying to think, like, there has to be, like, at least one of the well, spy The movies. Americans, too, like we said. The, the, yes, right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, the Americans. Like, they, they like, I clearly saw the parallels there. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of Taskmaster just visually and how she worked? Um. I, I mean, initially, I remember seeing the trailer or the photos of, of the character. I'm like, ah, it doesn't look like right enough. It looks like like a character in like a ski suit. But it, it kind of grew on me. Uh, I mean, it, it was not obviously not the same Taskmaster that we know from the comics. No. Um, but I, I do like it. I mean, it's a, it's a twist, but I like it. It didn't bother me. Uh, I, I'm not like super attached to the Taskmaster character in the comics. No. Um, so it, it, it's it's fine for them to reimagine things every so often. I mean, this this whole movie is a is a reimagining of, uh, of of this character, really. So very very good point. Yeah, I actually am a big fan of Taskmaster in the comics. I think he's kind of funny. I think his power is cool, or whatever. Like his ability is cool. Um, but to me, it's like Taskmaster is not the main villain of this movie. If you go in thinking, I want to see a Taskmaster movie, it's not that. It's like, it's just a lackey for the true villain of the movie. Yeah. Um, and visually, what they did with the character, I really loved. I, it's just, it's that kind of thing where, oh, here comes the badass, and they walk in slowly, and, and the music is almost like the Terminator, where it's like, you know? <laughs> and and um, you, of course, saw Tron Legacy, right? Yes. Like, didn't Taskmaster kind of remind you of Rinsler a little bit? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that kind of that, that silent badass that can do anything. Or like Snake Eyes in G.I.G. Yeah. Now, do you think, I mean, comic-wise, I, I sort of draw some similarities to Taskmaster and Deadpool. Yes. Oh, yeah. Based on their humor and skill set, you know, mostly. Yeah. yeah. The mercenaries. Um, yeah. And do you think that they they made this change to, to distance from that kind of comparison? <laughs> that's an interesting question. You know, it's it's kind of funny because they almost made Taskmaster like the Deadpool that's exactly. in Wolverine. Exactly. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I, I think so. I mean, I can tell you this. The comic book Taskmaster would not work in this movie at all. No, he would not. Because he's silly and he's got a fucking Skeletor face, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I've I only read um, the only thing I really remember him from was like was an Ant Man book, um, right? The, and, by, then, and then he's actually been in a lot of Marvel video games. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, he he makes sense to be in video games, right? Because he can do everybody else's things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, he's in. Um, Jonathan Hickman does this whole run with uh, Shield, where he has they're called the Secret Warriors, and Hydra gets built up in that. And Taskmaster is like one of the teachers that works for Hydra, like one of the commanders. So, and, and he's, I think he's really good in that, you know. And he also has his own miniseries that came out like a couple of years ago, too, that I thought was cool. I'll have to check that out, too. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess we can just jump right into like speculation and what's going to happen next. Sure. Um, so, um, What's gonna happen? Speculation. What's gonna happen next? I I don't really know. I mean, it's it's again. It's just it's so weird that we're seeing this movie out of out of sequence to me. You know. Yeah. And and it's it's also mind boggling that the only real effect that that happened because of the pandemic was that we saw uh, Valentina uh, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier before this movie. Yes. Um, and that and that that's that's a, like insane to me. Um, Oh. Well, let me ask you this though: it, Was that end credit sequence? Was that like filmed, and that was what they were always going to use, or did yep. they change that? Yep. Really? Yeah. So, so that, that was going to be that was going to be her her original uh, debut. Okay. Well, okay. So then, like, but wouldn't people be like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, would they be confused? Well, yeah. So they're just throwing. I mean. Were you not confused when she showed up in Falcon Winter Soldier too? I mean, you know who, who was going to know who she was necessarily, you know? Uh, yeah. But at least there, they gave her full name. So it's like, oh, it, that's one of the people that's Madam Hydra. But, uh, you know, they only really call her Valentina here. Um, and I think it's, I mean, the, the real draw of, of that end credit sequence is, um, is the lead up to uh you know where Yelena shows up next which is uh hunting down Hawkeye yeah 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 that's great I mean Pepper didn't even really know who Hawkeye was really she called him a gender switched Katniss Everdeen so I thought that's kind of funny like no no he's he's been around a little longer but um like she didn't understand she's like wait Hawkeye killed Black Widow aren't they both Avengers and it's like no you gotta watch like 23 more movies and you'll get it but um um but I guess, like, what you're saying, if that was filmed and that that was what they were always going to present, then if you think about it, like, the last two movies, this movie and Spider-Man Far From Home, it's like both end credit sequences are like, what the hell is going on, right? Because yeah. the Spider-Man one is with, like, Nick Fury and he's with a bunch of scrolls, right? Yep. And then there's this one. It's like... I, I, I know that they do this stuff so that we're sitting there being like, Who, who's this? How does she connect? But, like, I actually kind of like that we saw Falcon and the Winter Soldier first and that we kind of know who she is. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I think I think they did a better job introducing her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier than this movie. Right. Uh, right. So I, in, a way, I, in a way, I think it, they, they benefited from it. But, um, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Maybe, I mean, 
I think everybody collectively was like, who the heck, who the fuck was that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, who, who was Elaine playing, you know? Right. Uh, and so I, I think either way we would have had that. But, I mean, the way it, it ended up being sequenced, I think, is probably better uh, for for the, the character and, and, you know, teasing what's moving forward. Right. And, and so speaking of moving forward, don't you kind of feel like, She's just basically the surrogate, like stand in for Norman Osborn, and it's going to be like young Avengers are forming, dark Avengers are forming. And so you have, she's got US Agent, and she's got this Black Widow. Yeah. And then, and then there's the young Avengers that we keep seeing popping up and stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, so this is the interesting thing about this. Um, I think if you just viewed the Black Widow end sequence by itself, I don't think you'd get necessarily get any vibes of dark avengers or right. anything like that but with us agent you definitely get that more so right um, and, and i know that i keep reading articles about how marvel the mcu isn't doing these like huge mega long contracts anymore they're kind of doing it piece by piece mm. so you know when you know uh when we, we when we watched wandavision we were speculating oh where, where does white vision show up again you know right. and you know Paul Bettany is not under contract to do anything. And, and at first that worried me. I'm like, oh God, I mean, that's that's it. That's a that's a hanging thread that's never gonna get answered. But what it really means is they're just not signing contracts for seven, eight movie deals or appearance deals anymore. They're doing it really sm on a much smaller scale. Interesting. So um I think that lends itself more to being uh, a, a a team creation thing now, not knowing that. Uh, thing because I mean they've even they've said too about uh, God what's what's his name, Wyatt Russell about he doesn't have another contract right now. There's no other scheduled appearances for him. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, and, and so, based on that knowledge, I, I think it does kind of lean towards that, that they have these seeds and they can make this if they choose to, which I think they would. But um, I mean, based on the schedule they have for the movies, um, you know, it, it's it's. Packed. <laughs> it really is, right? And that's not even taking into consideration the X Men, you know? Yeah, yeah, dude. I know, right? Like, it just but, blows my mind that Shang Chi is like you said in like two months, right? Or yeah, beginning of September. Yeah, and oh. and um, I'm starting to think too. Is like, you know, we're starting to get to um, the the end of kind of like the first wave of the the, the Marvel the MCU shows. Yeah, uh, you know, being you know Loki is ending in a couple days, um, and then I, I I'm not sure if I feel Hawkeye fits in with the first wave or the second, but either way, um, mm. you know, what this is setting up, I, I almost feel like is more future TV shows because that that uh, timeline is not as cramped. I mean, we know a bunch of shows coming out. You know, right. we have there's Hawkeye, there's She-Hulk, there's Miss Marvel, there's um, Secret Invasion, there's Iron uh, Armor Wars. Yeah. But for, it doesn't seem like so far that any of these things are going to have direct sequels. Mm. So I feel like all these things are setting up future TV where there's a, a lot more uh, room because it's not as much as plotted out compared to the movies where it's, we have movies up until like 2024 or 25 at this point. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Like what's, what's the last movie? Is it like Fantastic Four? The yeah, I believe so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check it. I, I was 2023 or 2024. 
Yeah, I think it's 2024, right? And then that would be perfect for like Fantastic Four. It's like 2024, and and we're in Marvel Phase Four. You know? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, you know what though? Is that even gonna make it to Phase Four? Because like, if if this is the first movie in Phase Four, so that's so then there's the so Black Widow's one, Shang Chi two, Eternals three, Spider Man three is four, Doctor Strange is five, Thor is six, Black Panther. Is seven, the Marvels is eight, Ant Man and the Wasp is nine, Guardians three is ten, Fantastic Four is eleven. Is there gonna be eleven movies in a phase? I don't oh think so. God. Oh my god, that's so crazy, dude! I don't even know, man, where this is gonna go now because it's, no, so, I mean, it's so crazy. Also, like we know, we know that Elena is going to show up in Hawkeye, right? Uh, but I'm I'm really I'm really interested to know what that show is going to be about. I mean, it seems like so far that it's very heavily uh, based on Matt Fraction's Hawkeye with right. Bishop and you know the the Traction Mafia and Lucky the Pizza Dog and all that stuff. Right. And um, but what if I mean is she going to be the villain there? That doesn't seem right, you know. No, no. I Black Widow, as you know, shows up in that Matt Fraction. Yes. Comics. So I think that it's just she's going to just be standing in, but there's not going to be a existing romantic relationship, you know. No, uh, but I mean, it seems like she's being she's being sent to to hunt him down. She's being paid to kill him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I imagine she's going to somehow find out that it really wasn't his doing, you know, and that he tried to save her and tried to sacrifice himself instead. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, but still, it's like is she just going to appear in an episode? I mean, you know who is the antagonist there and you know where does that end i mean i i think it's pretty clear that that's going to be the the you know the final appearance of jeremy renner probably probably yeah so it, um, it yeah. said because then this is essentially the, the final appearance of scarlett johansson right yeah yeah man so yeah, yeah so then robert Downey jr scarlett johansson um chris hemsworth is still around because they're still making thor's Chris yeah, Evans, though. He, he's real up in the air. Obviously, they have they have um, uh, Jane Jane Foster Thor coming in. Yeah, uh, I mean, who knows what's gonna happen there? I keep reading so many weird things about this. It's like I keep reading that this is the weirdest movie that Taika Waititi has ever made, and really? I'm so curious. I'm so okay. curious, and I, I hope it does enough that I mean, maybe Chris Hemsworth stays around a little longer. Yeah. I mean, Especially since he's a god, doesn't age, can't really die, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was like floating around in space. He was like hit by like a blast from the sun in space yeah. at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's fine, you know. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I I enjoyed this movie so much that if they can just kind of maintain this quality throughout, I, I'm on board. I mean, we are 24 movies in, and they're making a movie this good. It's yeah. insanity. So but at the same time, though, too, like like we're just saying, this is you know, the last few movies have been the swan songs of most of the original characters, and now we're getting those replacement characters, and it's just and while we both strongly feel that Yelena can fill these shoes very well, can can all the other replacement characters fill the fill those shoes uh, as well too? Yeah, you know, I mean, like. I mean, in terms of like Iron Man, um, you know, obviously War Machine's around, but he's never been as prominent as Iron Man. No, uh, no. In, in comics or anything like that. You know, there's there's going to be an Ironheart TV show, but is that going to translate to a movie? You know? Um, 
No, I mean, like what we'll probably get is we will get movies that feature teams of these lesser appreciated characters. Yeah. And and so like you'll have Ironheart and she'll probably be on some kind of young Avengers team. But what'll happen is it won't be the same teams from the comics. So we always talk about this, how like they yeah. search details. Yeah, like she'll probably be a member of the Young Avengers. And then I mean, who knows? Like uh what do you call it? They might do like a civil war thing where it's like the Dark Avengers versus the Young Avengers, right? And then, and then like Black Widow was kind of a in between character for Civil War, the first one. So yeah. maybe Yelena is pretty young. I mean, I don't know how old Florence Pugh is, but she's still pretty young. Like maybe she could kind of be in between. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, story wise, I, I don't think she's that much younger than Natasha is, but yeah. Uh, they but, look uh, like. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That was maybe like five, six years. Right. I was just gonna say they, they're like they're like Pepper and Clementine. Pepper is eleven and Clementine is five. You know. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and she just turned eleven. Yeah, man. So wow, we went forty-eight minutes talking about this movie, but it's a really yeah, fucking good movie. movie. It was yeah. a really good movie. I mean, I, I I've already partially rewatched it because we we, um, we we watched it in my backyard last night. I had a projector screen up. It was a lot of fun. Um, but, um, I, I did not off a little bit because it was pretty late yeah. and Brandon, Brandon passed out in like the first 15 minutes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we started at like nine o'clock practically. How, how long do you have the movie? If you get it on Disney plus, uh, you just have it until you get rid of Disney plus. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was very surprised. I thought there was like 30 bucks for like a, like a 40 hour rental or something like that. Right, but no, right. I, I, I have the movie until I cancel Disney plus. That's cool. That's really cool. Nice, man. Cool. Well, I think we've kind of said enough. I'm sure there's things we'll think about, but, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of wrapped it all up, I think. And so we got our Loki coming up on Wednesday that we're going to finish with the finale of Loki. And then, uh, you know, we have like Masters of the Universe and Transformers Kingdom. So there's a ton of content for us to talk about over the next few weeks. And then what if August 11th? And then what if? Holy Jesus. There's no end. <laughs> There's no end. Nope. We'll be we'll be talking about this stuff until we're gray haired and toothless. Yes, and I'm I'm working on that, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So I will see you next Wednesday. All right. Bye everybody.